0: All right, uh, let's open in a word of prayer, and then we'll divide in our prayer groups and be back here at 9.30. Father God, we're just thankful you're on the throne this morning. We're thankful you woke us up. And Father, we know um, you have divine appointments for us today, for everyone here. We're thankful, Lord, most of all for you saving us, providing a way that we could be saved. We're thankful that it's all about you, that you saved us, you keep us saved, and You've brought us here together. And I pray, Father, as we share prayer requests and later on look at Your Word, not only here in Sunday school, but in the worship service as well, that we would allow Your Holy Spirit to teach us, that we would not only hear Your Word, but be doers of the Word as well. We thank You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we walk in our daily lives... One thing we can almost be certain of every day is the unexpected. For inmates at Pinellas County Jail, it might include a postponed trial date, an unexpected witness showing up. For soldiers deployed overseas, it might mean an unforeseen extension, of time away from home, or a Red Cross message involving a family member. For us, it could mean getting fired or laid off at our jobs, a Child on alcohol drug issues, a partial government shutdown, terminal medical report, emergency surgery are just the inevitable fact of growing older. We can't stop that, can we? Charles Swindoll got this from his doctor when he turned fifty. It says how to know you're growing old: just a few indicators. If you don't know what that means, everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. Your children begin to look middle aged. One of my favorites you finally reach the top of the ladder only to find it's leaning against the wrong wall. You look forward to a dull evening. You sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. Your knees buckle, but your belt won't. (laughs) You have too much room in the house and not enough room in the medicine cabinet. And this one, you know all the answers, but nobody asks the questions. So if you don't know if you're growing older or not, those might be a couple of indicators along the way. Well, when life throws us a curve, we can be overcome by the unexpected, or we can be overcomers. To be encouraged, as Jesus shares in John 16:33, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. This morning we're going to look at an overcomer. In the Old Testament book of First Chronicles. Really, that's a book in the Bible, if you haven't heard of that. First Chronicles. In chapter 4, we find this man, this overcomer, and we'll examine four insights into the life of this overcomer. A man who could have been overcome, but chose by focusing on God Almighty to be an overcomer. Join me in First Chronicles chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10. First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. I think you'll recognize the name once we read it. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. Before we look at these four insights into the overcomer Jabez, let's pause for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we're thankful that there's so much there, that we need to be in it daily. We need to be studying it as your Holy Spirit helps us to apply it. And Father, I pray this morning as we look at Brother Jabez that we would Gain understanding and not letting circumstances, not letting things overcome us, but through You being overcomers. Give me the words to say, Lord, and thank You for this opportunity to share with one another. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the background of these two verses containing these four insights tell us that a genealogy... This is part of a genealogy that's being shared here. A genealogy is defined as an account or history of the descent of a person or family from an ancestor. It's the lineage. These first nine chapters of First Chronicles share different genealogies. First from Adam to before David, and then David to the captivity, then the twelve tribes of Israel, and finally the Jerusalem dwellers. In the midst of all these genealogies, we find a name that stands out because this person in the genealogy is an overcomer. And the first insight into the life of this overcomer is shared in verse 9. And that is, we see his name, Jabez. Jabez, and it says why he was named this, says, And his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with pain. Well, you'd think, well, the name Jabez would surely have special meaning. Daniel meant God is my judge. And Naomi means my delight. Or Elisha's name means God is salvation. But no, Jabez's name meant pain, distress, vexation. He makes sorrowful. And his own mother viewed him as a reminder of the harsh days they lived in. And as I was studying about this name Jabez, would have been hard growing up with a name like Jabez, wouldn't it? Say, hey Pain, how you doing today? Hi high, high distress. Uh, rough day, well of course, that's your name. So that would have been I, I think it would be hard growing up in that kind of a family. And this name would never be, I think if you looked in your what to name your baby, I don't think you might see Jabez listed there as one of the top choices. At least I haven't seen it when they give the top ten. I've never heard Jabez mentioned. And as we look at this name, I just want to give a quick note about name calling. He was named this, had no choice in labeling. Having, Having worked with inmates in the county jail, I've heard and seen the results of name calling and labeling. For men who never got over things, uh, the ripping word to our growing up, you'll never amount to anything. To women whose words they heard, you'll, you're just good for nothing. can't emphasize how important it is around our children and grandchildren that we build up rather than tear down. Because kids grow up and labels during childhood like Jabez can stick around throughout life. For example, I was working as a counselor at a mental health hospital in Kansas City. There was a teenage football player named Nick. He tore up one of the rooms and barricaded him inside, and you could hear he just was ripping everything apart. And because I had been talking with him on occasions, they said, "Would you go talk to him?" So we were able to pry open the door a little ways. I told him who I was, and he allowed me to come inside, and the room was just a shambles. And Nick said, and he broke down, and between sobs he said, now at least my dad can't say I'm good for nothing. Look, I'm good for something. And he pointed at what he had done. So labeling can have a lot of disastrous consequences. Second insight into the life of Jabez is... This overcomer's reputation. Look with me back at verse 9 in the middle of his mom saying it was a rough time, and that's why he named him that. We see also in verse 9, it says, was more Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His reputation, more honorable means to regard, treat, or declare one as worthy of honor, to promote to honor, to esteem, or highly regard. Jabez was a man of integrity, godly character, who was put in a place of honor in his family. Is reputation important? What is our reputation within our own families? Jabez was one of honor, and even though his label name could have pulled him into a pity party, he was more honorable than his brothers. Do we seek to live for the Lord in an honorable manner? How do we honor God? First, one way, by obeying and believing God's word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So one way is by obeying and believing God's Word. Secondly, we can live in honoring God by being gracious. Proverbs eleven sixteen A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. Are we gracious toward others? Displaying humility is the third way, Proverbs 15:33: "The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Do we put others first before ourselves? Fourthly, do we seek peace? Are we a peacemaker? Proverbs 20, verse 3, It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. Number five, practicing righteous living and showing mercy. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-one: He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. That's just a few of the ways we can live for the Lord in an honorable way, like we see here with Jabez. A few examples in the Bible of those living honorable lives from God's Word. I always think, first of all, I think of Daniel. Because in Daniel 6.4 it shares, So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. In other words, his work ethic. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. When I think about it, Daniel was taken out of his own country as a teenager and made to learn about this country that captured him, and yet he served God in an honorable way. And they could find no charge in everything that he had been doing. And I'm sure they looked everywhere. They looked under every place they could find, and they could find nothing. A second example of one who lived an honorable life is Joseph it says in Genesis 41:41 41, 41, and Pharaoh said to Joseph see I have set you over all the land of Egypt then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen put a gold chain around his neck and he had him ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried out before him bow the knee so he set him over all the land of Egypt Joseph didn't have it easy, did he? He was sold into slavery. He was put in a house where he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was thrown into prison and somebody said, well, if you tell us the dream, I'll remember you. And they didn't. All this was going on and yet Joseph lived an honorable life before God. And this is what... Jabez was doing. Even in the midst of that family life, his reputation was one of honor. And I think it's a good point for all of us at times in our lives to think and to focus on, am I living an honorable life for God now? Priorities is one thing. God has to be first, but then we need to put others before ourselves. And we live in a world that says, put yourself before anybody else so it's a battle but God gives us the victory when we depend on him a third insight that we look at into the life of an overcomer is shared in the first part of verse 10 and that is his faith in God what does it say follow with me of verse 10 now Jabez called on the God of Israel we see the life of we see Jabez turning to who? Turning to those people around him who might help him get out of way, maybe rename himself? No. He looks to God first and foremost. He called upon God of Israel. Called in the Hebrew means here, cry out, to shout for help. Have we ever done that in our lives? Say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm going to cry out to You because You are the only one with the answer. Cried out like Nehemiah, Nehemiah 6, 9. For all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it shall not be done. But then Nehemiah says, But now, O God, strengthen my hands. He was being ridiculed, he had false rumors spread about him, and Nehemiah had to keep everybody working on the wall of Jerusalem to get it rebuilt, because God said that is your mission. And Nehemiah went in the strength of the Lord, but he was wearing down. Do we ever get wore out in life? I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I think there might be a couple of us that get worn out sometimes. It's okay to cry out and say, God, strengthen my hands. I'm getting weak. I'm wearing down. And God knows that. And He's there with us. And then I think also of Jonah. And Jonah too. he says, When my soul fainted within me, he's inside this great fish, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into His holy temple. Jonah finally says, I'm going to turn back to God. I've been trying to run from God. Now I'm going to turn to Him because He is my real only hope in the situation. Likely, Jabez's social life wasn't real good because in his days, having a name had strong meaning in society. But Jabez turns in faith to the God of Israel, the true God. Faith is defined as Trust in the truth of what is declared by another, resting on another's authority. There's no one else like God, incomparable. And when we put our lives into His hands, God will never drop us, so to speak. He will always have His arm around us. He will walk through those tunnels of life that come into our circumstances on a daily basis at times. But He never leaves us, nor forsakes us. And you know how I know that? Because God's Word says it and God can't lie. So we just have to believe it and then apply it. Faith is illustrated. I always think of Peter getting out of the boat in Matthew 14. What did Jesus say to Peter? Peter said, if you really are Jesus, tell me what to do. And what did Jesus say? One word he didn't say well let me get a vote here the other disciples and we'll see here what we need to do no he said by faith he stepped out of the boat and then I always hear well people say well he started to sink but where was he he was out of the boat that's faith that's trusting God when you don't know where your foot's going to come down but saying God you know the way I think of Abraham when God said, I need you to pack everything up and go, and while you're going, I will tell you where you're going. That's faith. That's trusting God. And we see here faith of Jabez. is He has this name. He's labeled this name that means distress and pain. And he says, and he's living an honorable life, but now he's going to turn to the answer, and that's God. We have all kinds of illustrations in Hebrews 11. We won't go through all the names there, but we know that as the chapter of faith, those who trusted in God, those who were in situations where they didn't know where to turn to and they turned to God, though, first. How often do we wait until the last minute and we say, let me try, let me try to work it out on my own. And then God says, no, come to me first. Because I have the answer. Faith in God, we've seen many examples, I believe, here at Lakeside. Some have gone through difficult health issues and are going through them now. Some have gone through deep financial crisis and some are going through now, but they've seen God work because God always has the answer. Some families have gone through spiritual and physical attacks, seems like one after another. You name it. But we need to have that faith in God when those times come. When everything is going smooth, that's easy then, right? But when the things get difficult and we don't know where to turn, God says, I haven't left. I'm here. Turn to me first. While ministering at Pinellas County Jail, I had several opportunities to disciple a few of the inmates that are housed there. One particular man who was a new believer was sentenced to 11 years and he said, Chaplain, I could have got life. Praise God, i got 11 years. Two verses we were working on and I tried to give them verses to memorize, but two of my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And before he left, he had memorized those two verses. And this is what he told me. He said, Chaplain, I'm learning the meaning of those two verses. And he said, truly, I have God's peace for the first time as I serve my time. And you know what he did? He tapped his heart. That's the last time I saw him before he went up the road. But I look forward someday to seeing him up in heaven as a brother in Christ. Fourth insight into this overcomer's life is shared in the rest of verse 10 and that is his prayer. Jabez's prayer. As we look now, verse 10. He's calling on the God of Israel saying, First, oh that you would... Bless me indeed, that you would bless me indeed. Do we ask God for blessings in the morning when we pray? Say, Lord, bless me indeed. This is what Jabez did. In other words, don't let a trickle of blessings come, but let's have a downpour. Maybe we'll have one later today. I guess we had one last night. I didn't hear it much, but I heard we had a downpour. But do we pray, Lord, bless me with your blessings We need those, don't we? Especially when that unexpected thing comes into our life, we need to cry out for a bountiful portion of God's blessing, His grace. He needs, as we all do, Jabez, God's blessings and mercy. This gives us a picture of running life's race powerfully because in 1 Corinthians 9.24 we're reminded, Know ye not that They who run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. Run for what? To be like Jesus on this earth and someday to enter into heaven's gates to be with God for eternity. Philippians 4.13 I can do some things through Christ who strengthens me. What does it say? All things. So every day we add to what that all means, don't we? Because we have something unexpected and we say, God, give me strength to get through this. Lead me. Second Timothy four seven, Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. So Jabez is asking for a thunderstorm of God's blessings. May it pour down, not a handful. I'm reminded of words to an old hymn. Some of you may remember it. Some of you younger ones, maybe not. There's one called, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops around us are falling but for the showers we plead. Do we plead with the Lord for showers of blessings like Jabez? This is what the first part of his prayer was. The second part, he says and asks, Enlarge my territory or border. Jabez wanted more opportunities to serve the Lord. Do we wake up in the morning and say, Lord, give me some more divine appointments? I want to serve you. I want to stand up. I want to witness. And when God lays somebody on our hearts, what do we begin to do? We pray. Lord, give me that opportunity. And you know what? It comes. may not come the way we planned or the way we're looking, but God hears that prayer. And He will give us more opportunities. Jabez wanted to in a large increase of how he was serving the Lord. Whether we're at work, whether we're in our neighborhoods, with our families, our lakeside worshiping God together, we need to seek more opportunities to serve Him. You say, well, what are some ways, some other ways we can serve the Lord and serve each other? Well, you know what I've shared many times before, we can encourage each other, can't we? Anybody get too much encouragement? No. Anybody give too much? No. I've never seen anybody raise their hand. So we can always do that. We can exhort, encourage each other. Exhorting means coming alongside. When somebody's discouraged to say, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you every day this week. And I know God is with you. And share a verse. Because that you've gone through, sometimes we go through the tunnels We go through those so when we reach the other side, we can share with that brother who's in the middle of it. God will see you through. I encourage you to look to the Lord. Secondly, we pray for one another. Intercessory prayer. Sometimes someone is so overwhelmed they can't pray because they're just so overwhelmed. We say, I will pray for you. I will intercede for you. And God hears those prayers. Thirdly, we can help each other as we're able. James 2 talks about what does it profit someone when we say we have faith, but we don't do anything. There's no proof of it. There's nothing to back it. It's empty. We need to be doers of the Word, not hearers only. Bottom line, let's seek more opportunities to serve God and one another because they're there. Let's look at life through God's eyes and say, God, help me to see what you want me to see. Where can we let God enlarge our territories with opportunities? I'm learning at Publix in a parking lot of pushing carts could be in a VA hospital meeting the medical needs of veterans or at a health food store helping people find supplements or as a deaconess serving people or a temporary job God has provided. Bottom line is everywhere. There are opportunities. We just need to pray as Jabez is here. Enlarge my borders. Give me more opportunities to serve you. And thirdly, we see that your hand might be with me. Jabez is requesting guidance and direction and protection from God. Remember Queen Esther, when she asked God's guidance whether to go to the king unannounced on behalf of her people? She prayed and said, Lord, guide me through this. Because if she went to the king and the king didn't raise his staff, what happened? Her head came off. So she prayed God would prepare the way, protect her. And when she went, did He raise His staff? Yes, He did. What about Joshua? Here's the walls of Jericho. What about Moses? He stood before the Red Sea with an enraged Egyptian army gaining on them. We need to reread sometime Psalm 139. No, God knows our thoughts. God knows He's already in our tomorrow. If we have tomorrow to have on this earth, God is already there because He's eternal. God is going to walk with us every day we're here on this earth and we will be in His presence then when we're off of this earth through heaven's gates. Do we need God with us 24-7? There are times we say, God, I can handle it for eight hours. I'm fine. No, we need Him all the time. And God is always there for us. Every day is an honor for us to wake up on this earth. Because we represent who? Jesus. And if those around us, however God uses it, can see a glimpse of Jesus in us, they might say, what about your faith? And then they'll start to watch. And they'll say, wow, you know, you didn't get out of control like I would have gotten. Why? Because Jesus makes the difference. We always have Him to turn to and He never lets us down. The final part of this prayer, Jabez says, keep me from harm that it may not pain me. Jabez didn't want to be overcome for the name, from the name he received at birth and become a pain, a distress, a reminder of hard times. Jabez needed God's protection, as David records in Psalm 124, of God's divine protection of Israel. He needed protection like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who knew God could protect them, if that was his will from a fiery furnace. Because I love their answer, when the leader of the world at that time, Nebuchadnezzar, was so angry, he wants to throw them in the fiery furnace. They say this to him in Daniel 3, If this is the case, in other words, being thrown in the fiery furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, they're witnessing, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. That took a lot of courage from God to speak up. And they said, we know God can deliver us, but if he chooses not, it's okay. Because where would they be? They'd be with God then. Do we need God's protection in the world we live in? We need that hedge of protection every day and everywhere we go. Because false teaching is out there. Satan, it says, is out there seeking to devour believers. Evil is overwhelming if we don't have God's protection. Finally, we come to the answer to this overcomer's cry for help. If we're crying out to God, we see here at the end of verse 10 what happens. And God granted him what he requested. Surprise? (laughs) No. God hears us. He always provides an answer. Is it always the answer we think God should provide? No. But it's the right answer. It's the answer that we can depend on that is right because Romans 8.28, God says, How many things work together for good? But just on Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Just on the weekend? Just Sundays? No. All the time. God infused Jabez with the strength and power of God to be an overcomer. He's an example of God's grace and mercy. We are examples of God's grace and mercy. Our hope and cry for grace and mercy is founded on verses like 1 John 4, 4, which says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. We are overcomers. We need to live like overcomers, like Jabez. Reflect a moment or two as to God's answers to our cries throughout our lives. Cries for grace and mercy and God's answer. Cries that began with us sinners lost to believers found through the blood of Jesus Christ. One man behind bars put it this way. As an encouragement, I'm not a prisoner anymore. Geoffrey Greenwald, he's in Phillips State Prison in Georgia. I'm not a prisoner anymore. God has blessed me with His grace, brought me from the depths of hell to this place. From a place full of anger, fear, and hate, He gave me a mission inside these gates. Love, faith, and hope, I'm honor-bound to spread His word within these prison grounds. Even behind these concrete walls, He loves and forgives all who call. Repent and sin no more. Jesus has opened the door. He has paid for our sins upon Calvary. Our Savior has died to set us free. On the third day it was said, He has risen. That's the day He freed me from my own prison. My slate wiped clean, all charges dismissed. Because He loves me, He did all this. I'm a free man within these walls. For Jesus knocked and I answered the call. Spread the word, repent and sin no more. I'm not a prisoner anymore. It just gives goose pimples when I share that because He shares from His heart. Jesus, God, makes all the difference. What does God want us to do about His Word? Let life overcome us And sit on the sidelines or be overcomers like Jabez who provides an example of God's grace and mercy. Let's all strive to be overcomers like Jabez and pray like he did in asking for rain drenchers of God's blessings, more opportunities in serving God, including witnessing, requesting God's direction and guidance in life and the mighty protection of God against the evil around us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the reminder of Jabez. A man who was labeled by his name as pain, and yet he said, Lord, work in my life. Help me to honor you every day. Help me to have more opportunities to serve you and To live on this earth. Make every day count. Because Father, none of us know when that day that you call us through heaven's gates will come. Help us to live this day for you. And I pray as opportunities come for each one here, every place they are, I pray that those divine opportunities would be clear to each one. That we would speak up if you prompt us to through your Holy Spirit. Give us the words. Because Eternal souls are at stake. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. Thank you for your grace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.